Welcome back, guys. Another episode of the STC Fit Learning Podcast. Welcome. You can hear me talk about talking about this opening because we forgot it last time because we were see <laughs> about what's about to come for you guys. We're going to be, firstly, we're going to be in Sydney on the 17th of November. We're in Potts Point uh, presenting our nutritional programming seminar, which we had really, really cool feedback from in Melbourne. We yes. had 50% clients, 50% trainers, and everyone mm. said there was enough in it for both Both of them um, and they had lots of take home. So we'd love to see tons of Sydney people up there. If you're not in Sydney, you missed the Melbourne one. Um, then either put together 10 people in your city and come, or we have, uh, it available online as well, which we can plug you into whenever you like. So hit us up about that. Um, yeah. And we can help you out. Start of the show as always screenshot, um, share straight to Instagram if you can from Spotify because that's super fancy. Um, yep. Just make sure you tag at STC Fit underscore Learning at Ben Scott SC at Jason Galea underscore PC. Is that right? That is the one. Yeah, got it. Nice. Um, what else is going on at the moment? <clears throat> we have our eight-week challenge, which starts Monday. Yeah, so this will drop mm. Friday. Starts Monday, yeah. so last chance to get in for that for the yep. online eight-week challenge. You'll get. Normal training with your exercise videos, programming, nutrition, weekly check-in, as per use with all the STC Fit trainers. But you'll also get a um, 12-week education program that we'll email out to you. You'll also get a weekly Q&A with Amy and I um, in a private Zoom location that you can ask questions and we will answer for you. Is there anything um, else? Nutrition course as well. Nutrition yes. short course. Yes, so the nutrition short course will be included in that. Yep. So um, teaching you everything you need to know and fundamentals. And yeah, why your trainers doing the shit that they're doing mm. um, within that as well. Fuck, we got heaps on. So much value in that eight week challenge, man. Yeah. So Easy. if you if you are part of the eight week challenge or any kind of part of STC Fit, um, you could also come to the photo shoot, which is going to be mm. on the twenty fourth. Yep, I believe which. Yours truly is actually going to go into a calorie deficit for yeah, a really, really long four-week dieting phase because <laughs> yeah. I haven't dieted forever. I think I'm like three days deep and I'm already like thinking uh, about Of it. course, you started a week early. Uh, well, I, I calorie cycle. I don't, I'm not a lazy dieter, so I calorie cycle I see. throughout my week. I see. So my feeding days were the weekend and Monday was my first low-calorie day. So I thought, well... Here we are. I see. You just you're just salty that I got an extra half week. Yeah, bro. Up on you. Dog, I was like excited for the four weeks of like who can drop more body fat? Who can suffer more? Uh, we we you're a fucking snowflake when it comes to dropping your calories, mate. So yeah, we know who's gonna win that one already. <laughs> I do drop body fat pretty easy though, so I might have been able to fake yeah, it. It's just your ability to deal with it is is yeah. the problem not yeah. that your ability to drop it yeah it's, it's not even my ability to deal with it i just don't want it that bad <laughs> <laughs> how bad do you want to be wait. lean yeah. not that bad can't wait to hear the complaining <laughs> we're in um, like three or four days guys and then i'm gonna start filming these conversations <laughs> <laughs> so lastly so December 8th is the liftoff. So if you're interested yeah. in the STC fit liftoff, obviously you need to be a client. Um, mm. And it's really like now or never 
I would yeah, say after this, yeah, unless you've got some experience with training them, we're going to be pushing it. So there, yep. there's obviously some form checks and stuff that we need to go through, but you can still be eligible Speaks. for our lift off if you uh, were to get with one of our trainers at the moment. Yep. And we'll be setting some dates for next year's events as well, lift off mm. in particular. So if you guys are keen on participating in the future, yep. still now is a good time to get in touch so we can set yourself up for that. Awesome. All right. Enjoy, the, Enjoy episode. the episode, guys. Bro, the vegans are after us. Again. No, the vegans are after you because you keep poking the bear. <laughs> I think I vividly remember in the seminar when someone asked that question, I'm like, I'm a fucking answering it because I don't want the vegans out with the pitchforks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, the army and, is coming. Man. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's so, same for me because I don't really get involved and I just read it. But Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't let you. Yeah. Pretty much. I don't let myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we thought we'd expand a little bit. Um, and it's not, not necessarily like, I don't want, not here to necessarily shit on the dude that's been um, commenting or anything like that. Um, more just like out of, because it carries over not just in the vegan diet, but like, all different types of diets um, that we've kind of been speaking about around. This is just messing with his microphone. Um, around like hear that. attaching yourself to an identity of a diet rather than like just choosing a diet because it suits you the best. You have to kind of wear your heart on your sleeve and choose that diet, become that yeah, team. Forever. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You made your choice. It's like, um, when you choose your sports team, um, when you choose your sports team, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You're done. Yeah. You're but, done. Yeah. So it's taking that same mentality to like your diet modality. It's like, yeah. no, man, once yeah. you're in, you're in and you ain't getting out. And you're going to fight this tooth and nail regardless of like how many different situations it might not work in. Mm. You're going to just have that bias for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's tribal you are part of the team until yep. you are no longer part of the team and you, then you're banished. If you're not with us, you're against us. Yeah. Which is not a comfortable position for any human being to be banished from their team. No. Um, yeah. So interesting. And it was funny, like the video wasn't even actually about vegetarians or vegans. Um, no. So we got asked a question specifically about looking at ratios of animal protein to plant-based protein within the diet. Um, seemingly because her coach was trying to increase her, um, just seemed like they were trying to invent, in, increase their fiber intake, potentially their micronutrient intake. Um, I have a suspicion it was maybe just like a misguided gut health type thing, maybe, not real sure. Um, but yeah, it wasn't as though like, I'm a vegan, what do I do? It was just like, okay, here's some, con some considerations if you're going to consume some plant-based protein um but no yeah. as soon as you said plant-based protein the, the pitchforks were out it was off the flames were lit yeah the people were marching where is he <laughs> <laughs> um so let's in response not, we actually watched the video let's not even look at the caption yeah let's man just, bad like let's just fucking get him yeah <laughs> and I, it's obvious like that they did it and like the first guy that commented um, 
Yeah, like, just didn't want nothing. He wanted nothing really of make, it afterwards. It didn't really make sense. <laughs> he wanted um, nothing of it after that, though. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like, all right, dude. So, well, not. I, just, I honestly, I just wasn't sure if, like, because maybe it was a myth that people were saying that amino acids were different in protein in plant-based protein compared to meat protein, which makes no sense because an amino acid, by definition, is the thing. Yeah. So it can't be different. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just wasn't asked for clarification, and I think then old mate stepped in, and he was like, "I'll let this guy fight my battles for me." Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there was a little bit of, I think, just confusion around like the term "incomplete protein," which is a term that gets used when we discuss plant-based proteins a lot, um, and the idea, what you're describing by definition of, of incomplete protein is a protein that doesn't contain um, all of the amino acids that we need. The nine essential ones. Or um, they may even, can, may even have them, but in a ratio that's ineffective for the hu- human being, basically. So there was some kind of discussion around like... Um, an incomplete protein isn't a thing. And it's like, well, it, it is. Um, plant-based proteins don't typically contain all the amino acids um, that's required by the human body. So um, that's just to, to kind of cover that off nice and clearly. So moving on from there was sort of like the discussion moved from that to um Eating a vegan diet was superior for longevity, blah, 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 um, which we had some um, links sent through. And, and this is what we kind of wanted to expand a little bit on today. <clears throat> and it's not about necessarily the individual or the discussion or anything like that. It's more about how to go and find out stuff if you want to go find out. Like obviously we have a lot of PTs that typically personal trainers, and I know this is primarily what I do for my information is I try and build my own foundation of um, biology physiology so I have a basic understanding of it and then I don't have time access resources or necessarily the qualifications to spend deciphering all the literature that comes out every single day Um, we have some people in our circle that are super nerds and do do that stuff And then we have some people that we look to um, who do do that a lot. And typically it's um, taking information, putting it through the filter of what we kind of know at a basic level. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. Cool. Then if we ever need to fact check it, we understand the process of being able to do that. So I wanted to just open up. Jason's just like ducking this conversation so hard. I kind of want the vegans after. No, I don't know where we're going with this conversation <laughs> yet. So, um, so um, I wanted to just open up, I guess, uh, and I, I maybe will just pose questions to you. So, if you were to want to go fact check something, um, yep. provide research or evidence for something, where would you go? What are you looking for? What's the? How does somebody do that? So the first, basically the first place I would go once um, 
I need to look like, are we, um, am I like just researching a topic? Am I substantiating a claim made by someone or either either? Okay. So I'd probably go first, just given how time poor I am, uh, just to like one of the say like keynote speakers in that industry, delivering information on that particular topic. So example, if it's like nutrition, um, irrespective of like what people think of him, like Alan Aragon's quite, um, quite a, uh, um, what would I say? Like notable kind of, well, he has a kind of a notable stance in the nutrition realm anyway, or the nutrition industry. So anything that he says that was coming out of just in terms of like nutrition, I would like, you know, take that information is pretty solid, rock solid. Um, so something along those lines I'd look at after that, I would look for, like you can, you can go and dive and find some research yourself. If you, you know, have the necessary, like if you know where to find it, like site is it Sci-Hub? Uh, you know, you can look at it in Sci-Hub and stuff. You'd want to find some, you know, meta analysis or like you basically just don't want to look at like observational studies, which just look at like collating data and then just find trends, which is like what a lot of nutritional research is, especially at the start. Um, so it's really um, important that if someone's providing you information about um, red meat gives you cancer, for example, mm -hmm. that we go and have a look and go, okay, so how did someone actually come together with that information? So for example, they might've had a questionnaire and asked a hundred thousand people, you know, what do you eat? What's your diet consist of? Do you smoke? How heavy are you? How sedentary are you? Do you exercise? How long, et cetera. And then all, and like, how healthy are you? And you know, what are your, like, what are some illnesses that you've experienced over the last however many years? So then all of a sudden they start to collate all this data. And then they start to find these trends where it's like, oh, this person has, you know, consumes red meat three times a week. And this, and, and he had, you know, a heart condition. And then all of a sudden they have all these people that have the same thing, but they all could have smoked cigarettes at the same time. And they all could be um, inactive, but let's not even consider that at the moment. So then all of a sudden we come together and go, all right, so we can say based off our observation that consuming red meat more than three times per week increases the likelihood of you getting cardiovascular disease. Let's say the people that are, you know, trending the data are over 30. So let's say over 30. So then news.com.au get um, this information and then they go and put out a, a, a clickbait article saying red meat gives you cancer. So I think it's important that you know, like the different types of studies. So, so like, before yeah. you, I guess, move on from the observational one, I just wanted to kind yeah. of maybe just reiterate what the pitfalls of that are. So we'll continue with like this red meat gives you cancer kind of idea because it is a, a prolific one. Um, and something that I still have people that are a bit concerned about. Um, the pitfalls of that is, is the first thing you need to consider is what type of person takes the time to answer a poll. That's the first thing. The second thing you need to look at is what type of person eats a lot of red meat. Um, and then you need to go, okay, so there's probably two types of, so to answer the first one, typically it's people with not much to do, maybe low socioeconomic backgrounds um, who are going to take the time out of their day to fill out the study like i i know that or a survey i know that like typically if someone's going to send me something like that eh, 
I have enough trouble f- filling out like feedback forms when I get my car service, never learn anything else. So who's filling them out? Then we move on to, okay, so what, what is the other trends that would accompany someone who eats red meat frequently? So that might be um, outside of the fitness realm. So we're going to have people who are into fitness and they're going to eat red meat. Because if they're educated, they understand the benefits of protein, blah, 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 blah. So we've got that group, but then we've got what's probably a much larger group and a group that's more likely to fill out a study like that may consume red meat from burgers with chips and gravy and a Coke. And they might do that twice a day for their main meals. So not considering the lifestyle factors and other nutritional choices involved in that leaves us really, really wide open um, to misinterpretation of data in that situation. It is, it's a real problem. Um, I think, and then like you said, the media gets hold of it. Every time they get a click, they get paid by their advertisement. That would make sense for them to make the largest claim that you could possibly make. Because even in that, I think it's I think it's the red meat one um, increases your likelihood of cancer by like um, is it three hundred percent or or you're three times more likely or two times more likely <clears throat> maybe I think two. So when you actually look into it, the likelihood goes from 0.8 to one point six. So if I was to say eating red meat increases your chance of cancer by like 0.8%, you're kind of going to brush that off. But if I say, oh, it doubles your chances of getting colon cancer, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to fucking die. Uh, The risk factor was actually that low that eh, it's really, that's almost just a a sway in, if you ran the same poll again, you probably get that much variance in the outcome anyway. So it's really not that reliable. So yeah, they're the pitfalls of your observational kind of studies. Yeah. So if you're looking at like, you kind of want like gold standard research. If there's like a meta analysis on said topic, uh, that would be something that you would want to look for. So it's just like a, a study that's examined a number of valid studies on a topic and combined all the results. And then obviously, you know, extrapolated that data and given an opinion based off multiple results of multiple studies that are valid though. So they just need to be put together uh, very soundly. So if they're not put together soundly in the research, the way they conducted the study is seen as like inconsistent, then it won't be considered in part, as part of the uh, meta analysis. So yeah, that would be uh, a valuable one. Like that kind of is at the top of the, the pyramid when we look at like, you know, research. Um, you can look at like, a systematic review as well and or a randomized controlled trial as well so that's typically quite unbiased because they you know take the groups and most of the time uh, if it's double blinded they don't actually know what they're doing and who they're um, like is in the, the control groups don't actually know what part of the study they're involved in so there's no real bias when they're reporting the outcomes and stuff I'm not a hundred percent sure how you could do that with a nutritional study. So again, like I'm just giving you just an understanding of the research um, in, like, is in the way that the studies are put together. 
And then like, I think uh, outside of that, like what I do, which I'm very lucky about is just like, we have a really good circle to just discuss, just discuss information, um, have our thoughts on things and, you know, kind of throw things out in the open space and go, okay, so if this person's saying X or this person's provided me with this resource, Mm -hmm. like, do you, like, what do you guys think is the ballot? Is it this, is it that? And then we can kind of, you know, throw it out in the air and all, you know, everyone's opinion can formulate something and then you can kind of develop a a response or even another opinion based off all of those things. So I guess that'd be really, that's, they're the things you, you kind of want a little bit of like valid research. You want to be able to formulate an opinion of yourself based off the facts and your knowledge. And you want to follow the industry leaders, I guess, if we're going to summarize it, like that's probably the best. If there's like a Venn diagram and you had the circles, and you mm-hmm. needed to be in the middle. So it'd probably be, yeah, experience, um, industry leaders and available research that's valid and consistent. Yeah. And I think the trap that we're seeing at the moment, um, not just with like vegetarian, vegan community, but whether it's like keto or paleo or carnivore or whatever, low carb, fucking high carb, whatever camp, that you assign yourself to and buy their flag um, an unwillingness to be open to information. Um, so j- during this conversation, obviously this guy sent us a ton of resources and like when I was looking through it, I was like, Oh fuck, like what's going to happen if I actually read all this and it's legit and like, it makes sense to go plant-based protein for the majority of my food. I really fucking like meat. That's going to suck. So I was like, honestly had that conversation with myself. Like I'm willing if this evidence is legit, cause I, there was a long list of it. Um, I'm, I'm willing to actually change to a better method. Um, it was just unfortunate that unlike what Jason's just kind of spoke about and we, we might talk about now some things that aren't reliable. So we know kind of what we should do. And then maybe it's just some warnings for people that if you're reading or listening to or being influenced by people, um, what to look out for that might be the pitfalls. Um, the number one thing that stands out for me is like, if it's on a Netflix documentary, probably not solid. It's most likely just propaganda. Yeah. And even, I think there's kind of two types of that propaganda too. It's like the one type is someone's bought right into the idea and they want to spread their message and get everyone to convert over because they think it's right, perhaps based on some misinformation Um, or the other, other side of the coin is this thing called Netflix is around and everyone's really interested in documentaries again. Um, So I can make a shit ton of money if I talk about this topic Um, and the most I don't know. To be honest, I haven't watched it because I watched What the Health and it just hurt my feelings. I haven't uh, watched that either. The new one that's yet. out with like Arnie and old mate pro physique athlete and stuff in it. It's like, fuck, okay, so you took exactly the same idea, added bigger name celebrities and they're just fucking churning out money now. Um, it's like, oh, that model worked. Let's make it even bigger. So for mine, it's like, that's not where I want to be getting my information from. Um, also being able to, I would, I would just recommend that everything you go into, you approach with a 
a critical mind. Um, I really like the idea of like, if that was true, then what would that mean? Kind of processing it th everything through there. So um, for example, one of the links we got sent today was um, around, was a not-for-profit website which sold books um, based on plant-based nutrition. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, that doesn't really make sense. It's a bit of a red flag. Um, it was a GP who was interpreting um, correlation-based studies, which is what you were talking about before, is like those observational studies that put together information and see a correlation between things. Correlation doesn't always, well, very rarely, to be honest, um, means causation. So that's what you want to be aware of. Um, and then another thing would be like language and you'll notice Jason and I at least try um, most of the time to try to be as open-ended with language as possible in most scenarios. Um, things like it. So for example, it looks like eating protein in four to five bolus, even up to six boluses per day has some kind of benefit for body composition over time. So it's not, you have to eat four to five to six times per day to maximize gains, bro. It's like doing that may give you some extra benefit. Um, and that's people like the Brad Schoenfels, um, Alan Aragon, those type of guys tend to speak in that language. It's usually a good sign that they're trustworthy because they're not putting out definite absolute. absolute information because they're aware that it could change and it could evolve over time. But this is what the available science is telling us right now. Yeah. I think it's like hard and we've, or no, I've really had to kind of develop that vocabulary, mm. especially over the last six to 12 months. The more we podcast, the more we present Yep. you and like, you can't let a word slip. Yeah, yeah, language, words that, yeah, language has just, become so much more important. Yeah, and I feel like it's just like, I, I get that you're putting out information and people are listening. I totally understand that. Um, just like you can't get a word wrong now. Mm. So you have to be, it's like, oh, well, that's not what you said. You said this has, this is, or, the, you know, rather than this may. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just very, picking your P's and Q's is really uh, it's a skill now. Yeah. yeah and you have to be very um, careful with how you speak. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, the, the smarter you get, sorry, yeah, the smarter you get, fuck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, you're, you do talk differently because it's like, oh, this is what I knew before. And then obviously, you know, whatever now kind of challenges what I learned before. So it doesn't necessarily mean like what you learned before is wrong. It's just like maybe what you learned now wasn't available so then you have to then approach what you know now with the idea that something might change later. Yeah. So the way you would deliver that information or, you know, even spread and share that information changes. The language changes. It's like, you oh, this is what we know right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a hard thing to do. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you do hear someone present on something or say something or speak on something, my advice is to, make sure you're asking them the question first of like what they mean before going straight for the throat. 
straight for the jugular. You know, and I've been guilty of going for the jugular in the past and, you know, emotions can get really high. And especially if it's on said topic that maybe someone's really passionate about, let's like open up the discussion, open up a forum of discussion slash, you know, uh, debate as long as it's in a very harmonious fashion. Um, it's fine. You know? Yeah. I, I think you can get as angry as you want. Just keep the conversation about a topic. We, yeah, that's the biggest that's, thing. yeah, it's yeah. more, the, but like once you develop context, cause I think that like, you know, you've said it before, like, you know, the people's interpretation of language is different. Mm-hmm. So what one person says could be different to another person saying that exact same thing, as well as what one person listens to could be a little bit different to another person listening to those same words. Yep. So it's like, once we establish like what the message is, what the, the what the said topic is, then it's like, yeah, by all means, you know, engage in debate. If you want to get heated and get the pitchforks out, that's fine. Um, but yeah, just make it about the said topic and then don't go and start to get personal and start challenging like the credibility of someone just based off their, you know, education, which you don't even know um, and all that kind of stuff, taking like personal shots of people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So last thing I think to cover that off is for clients and PTs that are listening, um, particularly maybe newer to the fitness space, personal trainers, um, PTs are in a position of, it's basically a position of authority in that you're advising someone to do stuff. So they trust you. So they formed a relationship with a belief in what you're saying as to be the truth. So you kind of have an obligation there to do your best to provide the best type of education and a line that, and during this discussion, I kind of was playing within my own head was there's certain things that are not inside a personal trainer's scope to influence another person on. I don't think Um, like, I don't think, I don't think it's a personal trainer's job to educate their clients on climate change. Like that's not your position. That's not your role. That's not your thing. So like, don't walk in and start telling all your clients that they're pieces of shit for eating meat because of climate change. Like that's not your place. Your place is to work with the client to give them the best possible outcome. So just be really wary of what roads you're going down and what level of understanding and education you have on those topics um, and where the lines are for a personal trainer in terms of what you are influencing in that person's life. Um, And then the last one, and it it, kind of carries into that is if you're a PT or you're a client, watch out for anything that you're like stapling your identity to. So if you have, um, like your diet type, we'll just say that in your Instagram handle, like that raises some, some concerns with me. A leaf or a steak. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's interesting that like most people that eat both don't need to use it as an identity on their Instagram. And don't get me wrong. There's vegans, vegetarians and stuff that don't as well. Um, I have a couple of clients who are 
vegetarian who like you wouldn't know um they yeah. just don't eat meat because they don't like it or whatever yeah um but once you start and it goes into like even lifting and stuff like um we've obviously got physique coach and strength coach with the intent that like this is what i do and this is why i'm on instagram and this is what you can see um but there's so much nuance within being a strength coach and like the way I approach each client is not the same based on the same principles within strength, but each program or whatever, each method is not the same. We use different um, parts from lots of different systems, etc. So I'm not a, um, what's a, uh, I'm not a Shiko strength coach where I only use the Shiko method. So yeah. I'm, I'm a strength coach and I use all the methods and tools at my availability. So identifying yourself as carnivore, paleo, vegan, whatever it is, pigeonholes you into this one thing, which I don't know. I don't know if that's the wisest move to identify yourself as that one thing. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it's coming across that way. It seems to be like, you know, we have like a little bit of a, a hidden agenda, like that we're just like, you know, pro meat, pro high protein, whatever. Mm. Um, unless that's just like everyone's last resort once they can't actually formulate a good debate. Um, but like we have all kinds of fucking food. Like, yeah, you know, I'm willing to change anything if it's going to suit my lifestyle, my choices, my goals, yeah, my health. You know what yeah. I mean? Like all of those things together though. Yep. So you can't sit there and say, oh, this is going to increase your health, but it's going to affect my goals. Mm. That's a big deal for me. Yeah. Or this is going to increase your health, but it's going to affect your lifestyle and your choices. That's a big deal for me. Mm. So I think that like, you can just tell it's people like that don't, uh, don't deal with people regularly. Like lots of people mm. who've all got a different story, different lifestyle, different commitments, different goals, different pallets of food different choices, mm -hmm. different everything. And then they go, Oh yeah, but this says this. So you should do it. It's like, nah, man, like you're only saying it's like fucking health, man. There's physical health, mental health, social health, psychological health or spiritual health or whatever you want to call it. Right. So it's like sometimes maybe, you know, working on your mental health, which could be socializing and, you know, getting on the piss with the boys or whatever, doesn't complement your physical health. So it's like, you know, if you're so narrow minded into that one sector or segment that you can't see the broader picture, like you've got fucking problems, man. Yeah. Like, or you're just blinded and you don't deal with people regularly. So you just don't have this approach where you kind of, you've just got to be understanding of other things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like, I don't know, like, yeah, just broaden your, broaden your lens. I really like that. Yeah. A lot of people just need to broaden their lens, you know? Maybe it's you uh, dropping fire this week, mate. Right, drop the bomb and now we're back. There he's back. Um, <laughs> Not an actual, like a word bomb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, to contextualize the official, uh, I've just made it official because I wrote it down, um, stance that essentially we presented on at the seminar was when it comes to plant-based nutrition, if you're going to go down that road, um, firstly, and I, I know your approach is very similar. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that it's kind of our approach is firstly is ask why 
Um, if it's from a health point of view, then maybe explain the pros and cons from a health standpoint. If it's from an ethical point of view, then that's kind of like, sweet, you do Fine. you, bro. Yep. Um, but I'm going to educate you around the pros and cons of that and how we can best manage it, be it through supplementation, because there's a few things that are likely to be missed. Um, and then just a, a really simple increase of a percentage increase of protein intake based on the chance that you're going to be lacking in particular amino acids overall through your diet compared to someone who was getting their protein from animal sources. Yeah. And that's and just the dotting the I's crossing the T's. These people that we work with string train amino acid demands higher. Like, you know, some of these people are in deficits, et cetera. So, I mean, like protein requirements even higher. Yeah. So it's like being very specific. Yeah. Someone's going to get butt hurt just hearing that. And to expand on that further, um, even our clients who are animal protein consumers are always given the recommendation of a minimum to 25 up to around 40 grams of fiber per day. And we always encourage, um, you've got a, a really good summary of like, your colors yeah, and they're not negotiable stuff. Yeah, um, but yeah, always encouraged to eat fresh fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, um, there will be no father supplementation going on here. Yeah, that's right. It is food. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't think that like, we just fucking eat chicken. Hey, and rice. I, eat, I eat Nutri-Grain too, man. Come on. It's mm, high, as pro, it's high as in protein. Yeah. <laughs> I love me. I love me some Wheaties. <laughs> I could eat Nutri-Grain every day really every meals are like in and out food for me uh, i could eat nutri-grain every day a bit of cinnamon and yeah just like milk oh right? cinnamon interesting yeah bro cinnamon. molten cinnamon's a good thing i get that yeah, it's, and then if you depending on what your carb uh allocation for the day is mm. a bit of maple syrup or if you if your stomach can handle the sugar alcohols the queen's sugar-free mm. ones the tiny bit yep so, had this discussion yeah, the other I'm talking, day. I'm talking dirty to myself. We um, we made some waffles. <laughs> Those like Nana's waffles, FYI, like 40 calories each. Dope. Yeah, right. Yeah. Toaster, like low-fat ice cream. Um, and yeah, we were on the discussion of like, do you like golden syrup? Do you like maple syrup? Yeah. I'm like, I would rather eat honey. Um, I, think, uh, I think maple syrup has better macros than honey. Yeah. Yeah. It does, but it does taste good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. If, I'm looking because I was making pancakes on the weekend. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to waste. I want to eat as much food as I can. Yeah. I'm just like a guts like that. Um, and I actually had them both out reading the labels. And I was like, all right, this one's got 15% less or something. So I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm going with the maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Not huge on maple syrup unless it's like on bacon. What about, you, you, you like the golden syrup though, yeah? Yeah. Only dumplings, like, the dumplings. In, yeah, so like, which in, I still haven't had one. Uh, like, oh, how long have we fucking met each other for? Golden syrup dumplings. That's Next your more. I blame your dad more than anyone. Yeah. Next time, I, I don't expect you to make them. So, well, Amy makes them for dad now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to make them either. Yeah, I, I, I honestly probably would be frightened if you made them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and I'd probably just have to eat them out of sympathy. Mm. Like, oh, they're really good, Ben. She um she made a pudding last time instead of dumplings, yeah. like a self sourcing self sourcing golden syrup pudding. Yeah, fuck me. Yeah, big fan, big fan. Yeah. Leave a lot of calories open for that day though. Yeah, lots of <laughs> yeah. lots of butter and lots yeah. of brown sugar. Sounds delicious though. <laughs>
it's the only day I will eat like an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. What did you say? It's for my sometimes social, for my mental, my health. social health. Sometimes for my mental health, I just want to, I just need to eat like an asshole. Eat like a piece of shit. <laughs> Other people are going to listen to this, Ben. It's not just you and I talking. Ah, that's all right. <laughs> I've, mate, I've been copping it like for the last twenty-four hours. It'll be fine. Yeah, bring it on. Yep. Um, okay, so I think we kind of covered that. All yeah. of that. I, I just wanted to touch on the identity thing as again a little bit away from nutrition. It's like um see it really common with athletes and stuff like that as well, that just identify themselves as one thing and then when that thing's taken away, it's very kind of difficult to live because <laughs> your identity's essentially been shattered. Um so whether it's like oh, I I am a powerlifter and like that's what I fucking do. And that's all I do. I live and breathe it. It's like, okay, cool. And then you like fucking break your knee or something. It's like, oh, I can't powerlift anymore. And you have an identity crisis. Um, so I think just in general, maybe being fluid with what you identify yourself as and maybe having larger contributions than just like the sport that you play, the weight that you lift, your percentage body fat or the food type. Like I think there's more available substance to a human being than that. Look, I'm certainly not qualified to give out advice psychologically or mental health wise for <laughs> most of this stuff. But if you find the ability to not identify yourself with many things, life's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Cause you can just roll with the punches. Yeah. You know? There's going to be ups and downs and highs and lows and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, like, you can kind of just switch from thing to thing, challenge to challenge as well. Um, like as much as hang shit on like maybe powerlifting and stuff like that, but like, you know, who knows? Like I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm only a bodybuilder and a bodybuilder only, you know what I mean? Like the landscape is, is, is free. It's open. I haven't created a bias towards anything. I don't, I am not one thing. Yeah. The only thing I might be is a, you know, personal trainer, like, but, I would always have the mindset that like, if I ever wanted to do anything else, I could, mm-hmm. you know, like if yeah. that was taken away from me that I would just find a new challenge. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think personal training is quite open too. like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can do within that. Yeah. I just mean like I'm, I'm not defined by those things though. Mm, I and agree. I think if you like, and I definitely don't have the skills to help people do that. And I, yeah. I'm sure there are people out there and they're really awesome at doing that. But yeah, I just don't, I'm not a fence sitter, but I don't, yeah, I'm just not one thing. I don't yeah. know. Like it's just hard to, yeah. Yeah. Just Jason, the meathead. Hey, yeah. The meathead that has chemical protein shakes, apparently. <laughs> the- <laughs> yeah. Fuck. With your, with your university degree, how dare you? How dare you challenge me? <laughs> your chemical protein shakes. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Gorilla, I think, was one of the words too. Everything. Yeah. Name it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Now the goal is to actually become one of them. Yeah. <laughs> just fit, fit the stereotype. The profile better. Fit, yeah, just fit the stereotype. That's the yeah. goal. One up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So maybe something a little more productive um, than us just being salty. <laughs> I can see uh, it coming out, out of your pores a bit. <laughs> I feel much better. I do. I do feel much better. <laughs> Um, no, it's, it's not even that. It's just like, oh, I, let it go, bro. I've, I've been in, <laughs> we've done it in the past where we've assigned ourselves to a belief 
and that we look back at it now and go, fuck, that was stupid. I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not salty, but I'm going to continue to say <laughs> Fuck off, Jason. Oh, um, I need to yeah, be. so like we've, yeah, we've um, like ran, um, I think it was like when we were doing the muscle camps and we like argued with this kid that was like, does it fucking matter if you eat carbs? Or yeah. or like it does. <laughs> tried to find everything to prove it. Yeah. We yeah tried and it's like, it. oh, it turns out, no, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if like, if I wish I had someone tap me on the shoulder at that time and say, Hey, maybe just like chill out a little bit, learn how to go find your own research and don't just listen to Charles Poliquin. <laughs> There's other people in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, anyways. Hey, here we are. We're we made it. We're going to try and influence other people and not make yes. stupid choices. That so we're... this is my attempt at trying to give back to the industry. Yeah. <laughs> How well that's going, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. So how to get the most out of your coach. Yes. We're going to chat about as well. So yes. Um, most personal trainers have coaches. If you don't at least have, we always recommend at least have someone that like you're liaising with. Yeah. Um, I, I totally feel the idea of like testing stuff, learning stuff. Um, we spent so long on that spreadsheet and I haven't used it yet. It actually hurts my feelings. Which one? <laughs> the um, AI one. Oh yeah. I've never used it myself. Oh, I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Maybe for like our body compositional phases, I might like just get Will to just play with this toy, um, write some programs. I, I put I put my my program for my coach into my yeah. spreadsheet. Yeah, I used it. Yeah, just did whatever I felt like because YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Hopefully, kidding. Ben's not We're listening. Talk about um, get the most out of coach. <laughs> Doing what you're told. It's one of them. <laughs> um, I still did it. Just did it in my program. Yes, that's in good. My spreadsheet. Yeah. Yes. Did you have like rep and reserve prescription and stuff when you played with it? Uh, so I, yeah. So yeah. I, I went with like three to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, try to just push the needle. Cause like we only do four to six weeks yep. program. Mm-hmm. So um, starting with three, I can kind of just spend two, three weeks of just hammering the needle and like the volume goes up. Mm-hmm. Like I add a set. So when I add a set, I don't add RIR. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Makes sense. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I can yeah. go accumulate volume, and then when it doesn't accumulate in volume, I add RIR. Yeah, reduce, reduce. Sorry, RIR added to <laughs> add load. Yeah, I like it. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, I've been mucking around with that. Anyway, so we'll uh, save that discussion for the cool stuff, <laughs> eh? When we're not supposed to be podcasting for yeah. the audience, I think because we're just on Zoom now, it's just like we just chat. Yeah, we just chat, yeah. talk shit. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So, what do you? What do you try and do with your coach to make sure you're coachable? Um, look, I, I think I think before um, we even go down that route, like I think it's important to understand that like most coaches are trying to get everything they can out of the client. Mm-hmm. You know, so the reason why we're bringing this topic up is it's really awesome for the audience who, you know, we've got clients who listen and, you know, there's people that are coaches and there's people who get coached by other coaches. Um, It's important to understand that like, you know, we get hired for a job, we get hired for an outcome. We're doing our absolute best to get everything out of that client to help facilitate our methods, whichever method we choose to facilitate your goal. 
so that we can get that goal. Mm -hmm. So I think like if we set the, you know, the ground with the slate or whatever you want to call it, go, this is why we're talking about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, um, talking about me being coached by my coach, probably a really interesting story because, or an interesting situation. Cause like, I certainly think I'm very capable in terms of like my abilities to get the outcome that I want. But the thing that I wouldn't, the thing that my coach serves for me is a non, like a non-emotional outcome or a non-emotional investment in my outcome. Mm -hmm. So he can just sit there and be like, you're fat. I don't give a fuck what the weight says and this and that you don't look as good as you could. So this is what you need to do. Or, you know, you've got small calves or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Stop looking at me when you say this. <laughs> um, so yeah, like that's what it says to me. However, the things that I do to obviously, you know, make sure that I get the best out of Ben is do what he requests of me. So he has a method. He has a certain process and a procedure. So I have to follow that process and procedure because I know that if I do that, that's how his brain ticks mm -hmm. and that's how he can piece together information and make the best decisions for me. So as much as I might not like, you know, at one stage I was like wearing this fucking band and shit and I was doing HRV and everything. And I was like, fuck, I was like, fuck, it's a bit much. Yeah. But I was like, well, fuck it. Like he's, I've hired him for the job. If I don't like it, hire someone else kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like I just made sure I kind of did everything I could to, you know, for him to do his job. So, and then I think outside of that, it's important to just be very, yeah, like obviously don't lie to your coach. <laughs> um, if you're not doing shit, like just own it. Yeah. Like that's because they know anyway. Yeah. Like even if they don't address it, they just don't have the nuts to bring it up with you. Or, <laughs> or they just think you're too fragile and like, it'll break you. Um, and yeah, like ask questions, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, just, yeah, I'm curious about this. What are we doing You know, down the track? What's the plan next or whatever? Um, but yeah, I think the most important one is just that, yeah, that each coach has got a not negotiable in terms of what they need from you. You just got to meet those. Yeah. And I think that when you're looking for a coach, that's kind of what you want to look for as well is a really repeatable system. Um, it's not like a message here, a message there. That's like, how are you doing sort of stuff? It's like, um, so for example, with my guys, it's like, you have to check in by 1230 on a Monday. It gives you all weekend to do it, but I might look at it after 1230 on a Monday. There's Tuesday. five or six things that <laughs> five or six things that, you need to fill out and I need that information. And then it's just like screenshots, videos, etc. And the idea is that every single person does the same thing. And when you talked about like yeah. the coach, the way they process information might be different to how you think um, or what your previous coach did or um, how you've done it for yourself in the past. But you've got to understand that all those data points are there for a reason if you want to know why, then ask. Um, I've got a video now that I actually have in my resources folders. It's like, yeah. why are all these things here? Yeah, because um, I've set that video quite a few times. So like, you're not checking in, complain about the result. It's like, well, I can't fix the result because this is the data that I usually take from your check-in and your check-in's not there. Um, yeah, so, and then making sure that you're actually fitting into that mold to allow your your coach to be able to see 
what's going on. Um, and I'm guilty of it too. Like Will changed his like system a little bit. So I was sending like screenshots of my Garmin and my happy scale and all that sort of stuff. And then he actually added it into his spreadsheet and fuck man. Like still now I forget to fill out that part of the spreadsheet. So yeah. it's just like, I just have it all on my phone all the time and that's where I look at it. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, definitely making sure that you're adhering to the system that the, the coaches put in place with you in that way because it allows them to give you the best response and information is not all over the place. Yep. Um, being, being coachable and a lot, a lot of people talk about like being coachable. Um, the way I would frame being coachable is like asking questions. If you don't understand something or if you want to know the why of it, some people don't, they're just like robots and just able to go just do things. But if something's challenging you, you're finding it difficult or you're not quite sure why you're doing it or why it matters ask questions yeah don't wait kind of 10 weeks to like oh that he should tell me it's like well maybe he should maybe he or she uh, maybe they should answer that question for you along the way and maybe they thought they had and they hadn't so just to solve the problem if you had to just ask the question then that person will be able to facilitate and then if you're a coach make sure you answer those goddamn questions you don't just brush them off yeah i think um the coachable thing is like real big because mm. um, you, you need to, you need to understand if you're going, if you're going to get coached by somebody that, you know, you're allowing someone to essentially like pull the strings for you. Mm. So the way they pull those strings might be a lot different to your perception of what, of how they were going to do that. Mm. And if it's different, you need to ask questions, but you need to give that person X amount of time to actually let their method come into fruition. Cause if we know this game and we know physiology and we know adaptations to stimulus, et cetera, et cetera, it's like the shit don't happen straight away. It happens over a period of time. And I think like the best, the best analogy to coaching is like uh, throwing darts at a dartboard. So it's like the first, like you have an idea of like how to throw that dart, how to hit the target. So that's your initial plan. But it takes a period in time where you need to calibrate the, the client see how they respond to the stimulus of training, the stimulus of, of nutrition, their recovery, all of those things, you know, adopting your method and stuff. So every time you throw that dart at the dartboard, like the first one might be a little bit off and it gets closer and closer and closer to that target. And then all of a sudden you might hit the bullseye and go, cool, we're fucking sweet. Don't touch anything. There's a lot of people out there and I've worked with them in the past where they don't allow that phase to happen. So they're like, you know, this isn't what I, I don't know. They've got a preconceived idea of what it is that they thought they were getting. Most of the time it's just entertainment. They want drop sets and supersets and it's a whole fucking discussion of that shit. But it's like, a, you know, it's just the novel shit that doesn't really matter. You know, like if we really look at it, like those things don't actually matter when we're talking about mapping out the progress of somebody. It's like, we're actually trying to put together like either, you know, some, most people's first blocks, like, foundations, priming movements, you know, ironing out creases, filling holes in, in leaks and strength and all those kind of things. And it's like, okay, so a good coach is going to iron those out first and then they're going to, you know, just drop the anvil on you. Mm. But it's like, if you don't let that process eventuate and you pull the pin early, it's like you haven't given that person the chance to let them do their thing. Yeah. What, 
something that's even more common for me, particularly moving into the online space is people don't follow the process. Yeah. And then, then they go like, Oh, well I didn't, um, you didn't do what I thought you were going to do. It's like, well, you haven't even followed the process yet. So I actually have, I have no data to calibrate to be able to be better at the dartboard because like my first educated guess is where I'm at. Cause I haven't have, I don't have any data to report back on. Um, I have no questions. I have no anything to, to be able to make any changes if there were any to be made. Yeah. And like, it's important to be transparent as the coach and the client too. It's like, this is the plan moving forward. So like someone should be able to say like, this is your, you know, we're going to go real low dose volume, try and get effective as, you know, moving as much intensity as we can with as little volume as possible. So we can play the volume card. Mm-hmm. Just, just, that's just an example, you know, yeah. but I've had people in the past. It's like, why am I doing 85 sets a week? I'm like, because if you can get good results off doing 85 sets a week, then, when 85 sets a week doesn't work, we can do 90 sets a week or, you know, something along those lines. You know, you've got those, it's like playing, it's like fat loss. You play all your cards at the start. You, you, you hook at the end, you play your cardio, you play your, your, fat, your calories, all that. You're yep. done. It's the same as setting this phase up. So you don't get, if, if you aren't transparent with the coach and the coach isn't transparent with you and you're not mapping out that initial phase or any phase really, like any block of training, it's like, this is what we're doing. Um, it's going to be really hard to you know, follow the plan, stick to the process, you know, know what's going on, et cetera. So, so ask the right questions. Don't be scared as a client to ask the coach questions. Like, you know, if the coach is getting defensive um, about you asking questions, then I know you probably don't have the right coach to be honest, like, mm-hmm. or they need to do some, some um, personal development as well. And just like be able to kind of just, you know, you're not defending, you're just outlying information. So you don't need to yeah. get defensive about, why you're doing stuff it's just like this is the the plan we have for you yeah um you know and tell me your thoughts about that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah i think that's important to, to to put out there yeah it's a fine line to walk that one isn't it? it's like challenge asking questions about why is really different to like challenging like i've had clients that like challenge you every step of the way yeah it's like oh why is it so much carbs why aren't i doing cardio like okay like here's why yeah um well that's like oh well that's not wrong or well this person says this this person says that it's like okay well like you've let me do my thing for a period of time and follow the plan if you don't get results like then i'm leave like (laughs) yeah it's a hard one man like i i could easily just put together a density based superset program that transitions into a gbc which is 12 mm. you know, 6 12 25 and whoop the fucking ass of every person i work with <laughs> but it doesn't facilitate the long-term outcome it doesn't take into yep. consideration the the consultation process where we are identifying goals identifying weaknesses looking at people's physiques all that it's just giving someone a novel stimulus mm. and just getting them to buy, to buy in i just yeah refuse to do that yep. you know what i mean I think, yeah, just being very clear with like how you do things is important. So even as a coach out there, it's just like in that process of like at the start, we sit down, but it's like, this is how I do things. Mm. Methodical, lots of information, lots of data. If you can give me that, I will give you everything. You know, it's highly likely to achieve the outcome if you put the work in. Um, yeah, like rather than just chasing, yeah, that novel 
kind of entertainment based kind of training. Just uh, download a plan off bodybuilding.com or some shit. Drop yeah. program. Yeah. yeah. Which is almost what people want sometimes, which is really strange. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah. 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 Cool. Anything to add on that? Also, one thing I want to talk about is like um, the value of like videoing your training. Okay. Um, as part of this kind of like being coachable. Some people have this weird thing that they like don't want to film their lifts. I think it's like, cause you don't want to look that like that, like Insta famous wanker that films everything so they can put it on Instagram or whatever, which is what I do. <laughs> so like whatever. Um, but the real reason I film majority of my lifts is to actually assess the technique. And, and if it's good, then you're like, it's pretty yeah. Good. yeah. Um, and to also assess weak spots and things that do break down and issues that I might be having. Um, so I think I know, I know with my clients, they have to send me their top sets of their lifts all the time, obviously working yeah. in my space. Yeah. Um, Cause I want to see that shit. And typically you can see shifts in things that clients won't tell you. You can see in a, a lift video. Yeah. Um, like you can tell when someone's rushing, not paying attention, not focused on what they're doing. Hasn't warmed um, up. Yeah. Hasn't warmed up properly. Yeah. Those types of things just from a video, which people probably don't realize. And it's like, sometimes like I'll only just give a like on a video. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like, it's not, it's useless. It's just like, I've, I've watched it. It's good. I've gotten what I needed to get from it. Everything's yeah. kind of, whether everything's in the right place or it's like, okay, you look like you're stressed and going by the rest of the information in your check-in. You're starting to rush training. Let's have a discussion about how all of that's going. There's anything else I can help you with like stress management outside of the gym to make sure that when you're there, you apply yourself. Um, yeah. And then obviously invite my clients that like, if they get an exercise that they're not familiar with, they don't know to video that as well to make sure that the execution is correct. Um, more and more now, coaches are moving into the online space like our mentees are moving into that space as well and we are um, quite a lot so the more visual stuff we can get from a client sometimes the better um, I don't want you to set me every set of every workout that's going to be a little <laughs> much but if there's anything that's just like it's not you're not feeling it where you should like if if you've got a row and you're not feeling your lats take a video of it yeah. if you've got um tricep press down and it's hurting your elbows send me the video of it so i can find out what's going on um don't just deal with it or don't like blame the program or whatever like it could just be a simple execution thing um and i i I know like even with injuries and stuff over time can a lot of them can be avoided just by execution yeah so there's there's as an online coach sometimes you need to limit volume because of poor execution so because you just have some clients that like yeah they're not doing something well they're just doing something badly for more it's a four rep in reserve and you're hitting the one and it's ugly and you need to reverse that and fix his form first it's just like next week it's still a max effort like okay we're just not going to give you threes anymore because you can't perform there you will die You, you are staying above five reps all the time tempo squats yeah, yeah of course, all my guys get yeah. pause spots. Yeah, if you get pose and pauses, <laughs> yeah. like, we need to work on your form. Yeah, it's like you're bouncing out of your squat. <laughs> Stop it. Here's some pauses. Yeah. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so it, it comes down back to the discussion. Um, Shallow talks about a lot of like, did you, um, looking at tissue tolerance and stuff, like injuries assumed that you've kind of overreached tissue tolerance, but the way you reach tissue tolerance could happen in different ways. It could be from an overprescription of volume. It could be yeah. from poor execution. It could be lack of warming up. It could be in any number of things, not just like it was too heavy. It was too heavy. Yeah. Low. Like, yeah, yeah. Like people just assume like that one thing that you did that one exercise sequence one time was what, like I did a bad squat. It's like, Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe you were carrying lots of fatigue and the exercise execution has been shit for a few weeks. And that's why you hurt your back during that squat. Yeah. Well, I think a perfect example of that would be, so I start a long time ago now, I sprained my SI joint mm, really so. painful for anyone who hasn't done yeah, that. Just had a client. Um, I did it doing a hip thrust. <clears throat> so, you know, there's people out there that like hip thrust and don't whatever, but <laughs> I did, you know, three RM deadlifts before that. So it's like, yeah, was it the hip thrust mm. or was it the fact that I maxed out doing deads and then sub max doing deads and then went and did the hip thrust. So it's like exercise selection, um, frequency of training per movement, yep. you know, all the things that we talk about are considerations for that tissue tolerance, yep. um, injury prevention, um, whilst moving you guys to the goalposts, you know? Yeah. And then it, uh, and this is again why videos become important because the next chapter to that is like, okay, what happened in your deadlift that made you overload your SI joint or what happened in mm. the um, glute thrust that made you like overstress the SI joint. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe like we were actually discussing at the moment, like this um, proclivity to go into or, or tendency to go into My extension. Overflared rib cage. Yeah. So if like if you, lat syndrome. If you had that and you had a poor brace and you had poor hip stability during your deadlift, then you had trouble actually getting stacked. <clears throat> we were discussing the other day, like your ability to um, go into anterior pelvic tilt could actually be from further up and not actually being able to yeah. move through the rib cage and stack properly. Yeah. If you've got that happening all the way through, then an SI joint strain is like, maybe it's yeah. likely to come because you can't actually brace because nothing's stacked. Um, and you can see that shit visually yeah so don't send the video it's just like okay well i have to change the programming is there anything necessarily wrong with doing glute thrust after the deadlifts for and some and you'll go like oh man i've done that for like your coach if he was the one to program it would be like fuck even like 10 people that it's never yeah. been a problem yeah. just it's better hurt jace that's weird yeah. so we'll just move that exercise and that's like one way to do it as a coach but if you again want to give your coach the best possible chance sending the videos as frequently as you can allows us to intervene before stuff like that happens yeah. as much as possible. Just for the record, I was training myself at the time. So okay. just making sure. That Sorry, Ben. The audience is clear and Ben doesn't body slam me when I go in for check-ins. <laughs> do my skin folds and he doesn't take the clip away. He just pulls it. and <laughs> Just slides it off. He just slides it, grabs yeah. a pinch. He just rips it off me. So it's that's like, a lovely sorry. feeling that everyone enjoys yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I don't have much more to add. Uh, it's, it's been a, geez, we went everywhere in that episode. Mm. <clears throat> yep. But I think, yeah, take home, the take home points just from that last segment, um, it's just important to know that, yeah, like when you hire somebody or when you, you know, you, you want tr someone to take care of your training, like you just got to be bored into someone else being able to make most of the decisions for you. 
Uh, I'm not saying it's not certainly not dictatorship. You know, you, like, you don't want someone to just be like, cause I said so kind of thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like they're, you're, you're allowing someone to take their method, their knowledge, their experience, all those kind of things and implement them for you. So uh, if you haven't got buy-in before jumping on with them, then maybe wait till you do. Yeah. Do the consult. Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah, do the consult, have yeah. a chat, outline the plan. Anyone would do that. That's what we do. Yeah. It's like, this is how I do things. This is how, how that would work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and make a decision from there. Like, you know, if yeah. it doesn't work for you, then they're grown ups. They should be able to get the fuck over it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're grown ups and they should be uh, fuck over it. That's like the tagline uh, of the episode. Bad, eh? Tam, yeah. that's the name of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a grown up, get the fuck over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll open up Q&A for the next one just to guide the conversation just in case yeah. you guys don't want us to uh, talk about salty yeah. based communities. Yeah, because we can only do that like every, I don't know, six. I feel like months. it comes, I feel, oh, I feel like it happens every 12 weeks at the moment. <laughs> no, nah, I reckon the last, the last one we mentioned plant based and it's like, yeah, the last one we had was a good 12 months ago. I reckon. Yeah. We've got to start picking on other communities. See if mm. well, you said there. you did want you, I uh, wasn't it like two weeks ago. You wanted to get last episode, bro. Yeah. Well, there yeah. You, go. you found it. So you, <laughs> speak, you speak in the universal answer. <laughs> there you go. Just chasing <laughs> confrontation. <laughs> All right. Let's um, go through the, go through the, not negotiables for the podcast so we've got stc fit yeah at stc fit and at stc fit learning on instagram yeah yes and we've got at ben scott sc and yes. at jason galea underscore pc for our own instagram handles and i've forgotten the rest of it so um i'm actually going to go back and do an intro because we didn't do one so oh yeah do that there yeah, yeah. um so, yeah so this will come out friday if anyone is in melbourne and wants to come along to my comp on Sunday at at, G, at PTC HQ. Um, come along. Hopefully, I don't shit the bed. Perhaps all finished, ready to go. So I'll be there. Harding. Jason will be there. Hands. Yeah. Hold hands. Hopefully, Ben gets three white lights every time. We'll see if Jason watches my bench press this time. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't make any. Like you're still salty about that. No, it's actually a year ago. It's actually more funny to watch you feel bad about it because I yeah. just didn't care. Yeah, <laughs> well, like I'm telling you second, now, the second attempt bench finishes, press, I'm going to get food. <laughs> <laughs> so I know there's a big, there's a good chicken shop just like around the corner, and I'm getting myself a half, a half chicken salad. All right. So Which I don't, is, I won't prep food, so Jason can bring me food before I do bench press. Yeah, cool. Done. Done. Um. Yeah, so we'll recap that in the next episode as well. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, reach out, screenshot, mm. tags, all of that jazz. Sydney Nutrition Workshop. Sydney yes. Sunders. Yeah, that's a big one. Actually, yeah. probably should talk about that first. But it, It's pretty big. Yeah. Still. So 17th, 17th yeah. of November, we'll be in Potts Point, which I believe, I don't know Sydney very well, is in the central somewhere. Um, tickets are available on our Instagram. I think it's only like 53 bucks, um, for a ticket. So come along, bring your friends. I, yeah, we have a decent capacity, I think for 30 or so. So yeah, be sick if we could fill the room up there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Pumped as. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks guys. Bye.